Hello, I'm Tatiana Antonelli and you're listening to Forward Talks by Goombook, a podcast about moving towards sustainability in the region and beyond. I'm joined today by Her Highness Sheikha Intisar al-Saba. A princess of the royal al-Saba family of Kuwait, Sheikha Intisar is a philanthropist, entrepreneur, author and columnist, a passionate person who is constantly looking for happiness, love and fulfillment in everything she does. Sheikha Intisar believes in using her knowledge, experience and personal discoveries to inspire people to look, feel and do better and is now on a mission to empower one million Arab women. In 2011, Sheikha left the corporate world and launched Lulua Publishing, a Kuwait-based media house whose publications were aimed at enhancing people's mental and physical well-being. And in 2012, Lulua Publishing released The Alchemy of Wisdom, a book that celebrated the achievements of 48 inspirational Kuwaitis. Recently, Al-Saba published Circle of Love, which had 87 prominent, powerful and resilient women from all over the world sharing their personal stories and insights for other women to learn from. All the proceeds from the book go to the Al-Saba Intisar Foundation for women affected by war. Sheikha Intisar has also been an active member of the Kuwait Association of the Care of Children in Hospitals. However, her main contribution to women and the Kuwaiti society comes from Al Nowhere, the first GCC nonprofit committed to spreading a positive attitude that she launched in 2013, working with schools to improve well being amongst children through positive psychology. This year, the program has covered 11,600 children so far. In 2017, she launched Intisars, a luxury jewelry brand where 50% of the proceeds go to the Intisar Foundation. The Intisar Foundation has been cooperating with NGOs in Jordan and Lebanon to offer drama therapy to women affected by war and female victims of violence. And in 2017, Sheikha Intisar was asked by the Red Cross to co-chair a roundtable on raising awareness and advocating for Arab women and children affected by war. So since nothing was being done, I thought, eh, someone has to do it, I'll do it. And so I hired an ex-diplomat. And so we together looked at what was being done, what can be done. So we researched the landscape, what can, what can we do and... What we realized was, number one, no one's looking at Arab women. No one's looking at the psychological support of Arab women. And number three, when there was even the tiniest um, interventions, they were classical interventions. So the first stigma was, no, I'm not crazy. The second stigma or taboo was, her family won't let her go. What will everyone think of us? The third one is she does not want to be in a room alone with a person. Female or male, it doesn't matter. She, there's so much trauma that you don't want to, it's too painful. And so we had all these obstacles that we had to cross. So how do you find a psychological intervention that doesn't have any taboos or stigmas and uh, the women are willing and so we looked at the arts and we looked at art therapy, music therapy, and drama therapy. Art therapy was good, but it was more internalized. 
And we did programs with art therapy and drama therapy. And what we realized, the art therapy, the women were sharing their stories, but if they were more introverted and internalized, so they go inside and they don't necessarily have to come outside. But with the drama therapy, it's like, you have to be seen and heard. It's like you have to raise your voice and you have to role play. You have to talk loud, which is the perfect, perfect, perfect remedy for Arab women who are suppressed, not allowed to speak out, and not allowed to be seen and heard. Uh, so, Sheikha, um, now that you've been telling us um, about uh, drama therapy and, and why you went into it, how do we know uh, the effectiveness of, of such a tool? Are you able to share with us numbers or data? We just published our first research paper uh, in the Arab world. It's a first of its kind research paper about the impact of drama therapy on Arab women affected by war. So what I'm sharing with you is documented and it's uh, in, in the research that we're publishing. We have a 93.75% of our participants experienced reduction in depression. So it's close to 100%. We have 70% of our participants who experienced reduction in anxiety. 68.75 or 69% experienced a reduction in PTSD. 44% experienced improvement in satisfaction with life. 75% experienced increased positive emotion, emotional experience or decreased negative emotional experience. We, we, we usually have about 18 to 20 women per session. We keep it at that number because uh, it's, we call it the magical number. And one of our women, Nisreen, first time I saw her, I went to see her around session six or seven. Her eyes were glazed over, completely glazed. Uh, she was participating, but very distant. And um, and she was sharing too much. And sharing too much is a sign that there's something wrong with that person. And then she said, I take a uh, prescription because my life is so difficult. And I mean, she's had a tragic, tragic life, tragic life. I mean, her, her husband had her institutionalized to punish her. He was abusive. She, I mean, she was one of the most tragic people we were working with. So the first time I saw Nisreen, she had like walls all around her. Even her eyes were not there. Her movement was slow. We have movement therapy and she wasn't moving. She was more robotic when she moved. And then I went again at session 16. And Nisreen was alive, talking to me. I, her, her, she was looking at me. The glassiness in her eyes were no longer there. And she sat and she said she had left her husband. She realized that she was making the money and he was taking it and abusing her. So the realization came after 18 years of being married. She had done many other workshops with the same NGO we were working with. So she's done leadership, she's done uh, family planning, she's done gender-based violence lectures. Nothing went through. 
the fact that Nisri and all the other women were changing. They were becoming more verbal, more at peace, more uh, proactive in their life. And I would like to share also a couple of testimonials. I used to feel like everything was over. I had lost hope in all aspects, even studying. But when I came here, life came back to me, like nothing could stop me. And this is a young girl who wanted to study and she wanted to be a doctor and then she was giving up. And then suddenly she's like, oh my God, I can do something. Again, um, outlook on life is determined or, or let's say your, what you do in life is on your outlook. And if you change your outlook, the sky's the limit. I read a beautiful um, quote from you. Um, you're, you're defined as a very positive and optimistic person. And there's a beautiful quote that says that you believe in self-change for self-empowerment. Yeah, and what sure. you're saying and, 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 and this testimonial with Nisreen is definitely the perfect example of how you've been able to self-empower this woman and many, many other ones, I'm sure. Um, how do you keep in touch with these women after? Is there like um, a second stage program where they're still, you know, able to uh, communicate with you? Do they also become somehow enablers in, in the society or in their community to, to uh, self-empower other women around them? Is it a network? I love your question because that's exactly what we're working at. So we launched a goal of 1 million Arab women to bring peace to the Arab world. So that was launched after the third program when we thought that the women were bringing peace to themselves, to their families. They stopped abuse and they stopped abusing. So we do between 12 to 14 sessions over 12 to 16 weeks, depending on how severe the cases are. After the 16, 12 to 16 weeks, we have a year-long program that they do get together once a, week, a month. And they continue their empowerment sessions, their, uh, their uh, peace-making uh, sessions. So we're creating a collaborative community of women And we stay in the same area. So one of our fortes is we don't jump from one area to the other. We want to stay in one, no, I won't say neighborhood, but in one area where we can make a difference to the tipping, to, or we want to make a difference to reach the tipping point. And so they will be able to grow to the neighboring regions and, and communities. So it's, it's exciting. It's an exciting way to bring peace to the Arab world. You're creating a framework, basically, and hopefully this will help other NGOs, organizations, and, and many women to you know, start what you're doing, hopefully in, in other countries and other areas. I know you're present, you said, in Jordan. Uh, what are the other countries where you, you were able to start this incredible work? We have one... Um One, one problem right now in the Arab world, which is there are only a handful of drama therapists, female th drama therapists in the Arab world, and they're the ones we're working with. So we're now working in Lebanon and in Jordan. And because of, and, and we've, we're signing MOUs with universities around the world to train more drama therapists. So 
In our quest for one million Arab women uh, empowered and peacemakers in, uh, in the Arab world, we have to have three to 400 drama therapists within the next 30 years. To get that number, we are signing MOUs with universities around the world and with also fund, fundraising to be able to send these women to study drama therapy because drama therapy is a master's degree. And we want to grow the pool of drama therapists in the Arab world because for me, it's not only the women who will get empowered. Imagine all these drama therapists coming and changing a society, working with youth, working with men, working with women, working in the corporate world, working in the region to grow our voices. When we grow our voices, we stop being violent. There's a research that was published in France where they looked at uh, ghettos and the less vocabulary the, the boys had to express their emotions, the more violent they are. So imagine if we can grow the communication and the ability to speak up in the Arab world and in the whole world. Can you imagine how peaceful our world will be? It's a dream and, and hopefully it's, it's a vision that can come true. Everything starts with a dream, right? Absolutely. My father used to say, we can achieve anything when we dream. So we need to start from there and then hopefully they become reality. <laughs> we, our dream is big, but, and this is a beautiful but, is we're seeing it now. We, I see, I mean, until the corona, I was literally 9th of March. They started the lockdown in Kuwait 13th. 9th, 9th and 10th of March, I was in Jordan doing two graduations. And I could see it. I saw the women. I saw how they changed. I saw how, my God, these are different women. These are the peacemakers. These are the future and present peacemakers. And because of that, when the corona hit, we didn't stop. We realized these women need support. We can't stop because we can't see them physically. So we started talking to them uh, on WhatsApp. We have groups. We communicate with them the whole time. And we started two months ago to give, to continue our support by giving them drama therapy sessions online. So our, our vision is still the same, our aim is the same, but our methodology changed. We are working more digital now, we're more working more online, we're hearing the women, we're talking to them, we're engaging them, and we're doing it at a time where, unfortunately, most NGOs stopped working. 57% of Arab women are in domestic violence. That's a sad, sad, sad percentage. And during the lockdown, which is happening all over the world, it's growing. So we are working with them in whatever way we can. Sometimes like one of our women, because her husband's there when we're talking to her, she only gives us um, signals with her eyes. So we talk to her. So are you okay? Blink. So, but we keep them engaged. This is what they need. They don't need pity. They need someone to care and make an effort. And we're doing that. And we're working on a platform, a digital platform, where people can go in, our women, any woman in the Arab world can go in and take drama therapy uh, exercises to feel better.
I, this is interesting that you started talking about Corona and, and uh, the COVID-19 um, because I wanted to ask you what, what happened and what were the challenges. And I'm happy to hear that, uh, like most of, of organizations, there's been a moment where we had to be creative, right? Yeah. And find different ways to communicate, to, to stay relevant, to stay connected. I don't know if you saw in France, for example, they've organized um, a network with pharmacies where women mm. could go pretending to buy something at the pharmacy, but they had mm. to say one word, one secret word, to activate the pharmacist to call maybe help yeah. or, or, or police. And, uh, and it, it, it is very, very scary. So it's good to know that women can, you know, yeah. get online and, and find support through your, your platforms. I, have, yeah. I believe all your platforms are in Arabic, correct? Yes, because our main goal are the Arab women, because basically no one's looking at them. And I saw that you recently, so last year in January, published another book, The Circle of Love. And can you tell us a bit more about the book? So The Circle of Love is an inspirational book about 87 women who've come together to support other women. So it's a, it's a collaboration between Antasar Foundation, uh, Max Vadekul, an international and acclaimed photographer, and 87 women, some of who uh, gave us their stories and uh, some who gave, allowed us to take beautiful artistic pictures of them. And all the proceeds of the book go to the Intasar Foundation. And it's published by Asseline, one of the top publishers. Uh, it's a beautiful coffee table book with pictures, artistic pictures, but also stories of inspirational women. What can we do? Or are you planning to do uh, anything here in the UAE? I would, like, I would like to ask people if there's any way they can support. Uh, please send me an email. Uh, send us on the foundation a message. Do support us to support the women. Collaboration is how the foundation grows. These women need all the support. Well, this is a call to action, and we'll make sure that uh, yes, please. our listeners and our audience is, um, is there and ready to, to act. Please do. It could, be, it could be anything. Even if they have ideas, do share ideas. You never know. A small idea might become a big thing. I mean, look at my... It was, to me, a small idea. How do you to support women psychologically? And now it's one million women. You can find out more information about the foundation, the work they do, and also contact them to contribute or collaborate by visiting intisarfoundation.org, where you can also buy Sheikha's second book. There's a link in our show notes as well. As always, you can tell us what you thought of the episode by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or reaching out to us on Instagram at Kumbuk, that's G-O-U-M-B-O-O-K. Until next week, thank you. Thank you.